Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fame. Now, uh, Anderson, Rabin, and Wakeman with a whole lot of yes. Trevor, welcome to the Eagle. How are you? Hey, Nick. How are you doing? Doing swell. Doing swell. I have so much to, to talk to you about and ask about. I know that uh, I was on a website and read that uh, you guys are in the process of working on some new material. Is that correct? Yeah, we've actually, that's kind of how we started. We've been, uh, I mean, for years we've been talking about getting together and we've all been busy. I've been pretty busy doing film scores and we never really managed to find time, but we really wanted to create some new music. That's that's where it all began, but uh, almost as soon as we found the time to do it and started getting into into the music, there was uh, a real push to get on the road and play shows, and uh, we haven't stopped. Um, and so the, the actual writing process is, I, I wouldn't say it's been put on the back burner, but it's uh, a lot of times been taken up touring, so it slowed down the writing process, but we're well into it at this point. Trevor, let's go back in time again, and and the name uh, Mutt Lang will enter the conversation pretty quick because, as I understand, Mutt uh, introduced you to some of the members of Yes. Uh, I want to say late seventies, early eighties. Am I am I close to being right on that? Well, um, the, the funny thing is, Mutt introduced me to a, a lot of different things. Um, Mutt and I went back when he was a producer in South Africa and a fantastic bass player. I don't know if people know that, and singer. And uh, we used to do, uh, he used to book me for all these sessions many, many years ago. And then he moved to London, and then obviously his history is pretty well known. I think he's the finest producer um, that's ever, that I've ever come across. And um, he was just such a, and such a talented songwriter. And uh, one thing led to the next, and he was he was always being pretty kind and recommending me to things, and uh, he recommended me to uh, Atlantic Records when uh, I had I, I had signed a deal with uh, Geffen Records and was writing to do a solo album, and uh, we didn't see eye to eye creatively, and they dropped me, and uh, I was sitting with basically what became 9015 without a record deal and so I was looking for uh, for a record deal and uh, one of the places that landed there was funnily enough two places one was um, Keith Emerson and Jack Bruce were talking about putting a band together and uh, Jack and I had worked together so that was one of the things and then the other was Alan White and Chris Squire who were looking to uh, work with somebody and obviously a phenomenal rhythm section, and uh, that's where I landed up. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's obviously a load of that material, and that kind of went 9125 kind of was born. To 90125, and this is a, a compliment, I'm not sure of the right word to choose, because when you came on board with Yes, you, you added a, a poppy commercial feel to it, and maybe that's not the right word, but definitely hook, because you, you had some really strong hooks and and it seemed to have 
in some ways focused the band. Was that the reception you got when when, when you first met them? Yeah, it was a mixed blessing because uh, some people looked at it as if, as if uh, you know, those hooky elements were more of a pop, pop side. But to be quite honest, uh, you know, even of the more classically oriented uh, orchestral work that's done on film, um, you know, hooks are, having a hook or a, mel- a melodic sensibility is, is extremely important. I mean, even if you go back to Tchaikovsky's 1812 or Swan Lake and the melodies are just gorgeous and memorable. And uh, so I don't see it as a dirty word, but, you know, a, a lot of people do. If it wasn't an, uh, avant-garde enough, then suddenly it was uh, not cool enough, which uh, was has turned out not to be the case, thankfully. You know, I'm, I'm noticing, and I'm sure you are too, uh, being on the road with, uh, with John and, and Rick, that there is a, a, a resurgence, a renaissance of, of lovers of progressive rock. I, I, I really am starting to, to sense that a lot just in the past, I don't know, a couple of years, it seems like. Well, I, you know, I, I've got to agree with you because uh, the responses of the show are, are, that we're getting are so energetic. And I, I would have to say, even though, um, you know, we, I mean, our tours are... Current tour is only 30 dates long, so we're not doing the big, grueling 80-day 80 80 tours, but the response has been so energetic, and, uh, you know, we enjoy playing together so much, and I think it's reflected in how it's being portrayed to the audience. We're speaking with Trevor Rabin now, of course, of uh, Anderson, Ra- uh, Rabin, and Wakeman, who are coming to Ruth Eckert Hall. That's going to be October 11th, which really isn't far, about three weeks away. Uh, and Trevor, a lot of people may not be aware, but you've, you've done a fair amount of soundtrack work as well. My question to you is, what is the difference in writing a, a rock song versus uh, movie soundtrack work? H- how is that different? Yeah, it's uh, there's so many fundamental differences. For the, I think one of the main things is every single day you have to go downstairs with a blank page, so to speak, and create because you, you don't have time. If you say to them, you know, with a rocket uh, song, uh, you might say, well, it's not quite there. It might take another two weeks. You say that in a film school, they'll say, well, it was nice knowing you. Goodbye. Because, uh, you know, schedule and delivering is... is of the utmost importance. Plus, um, with scores, what's really great about it is, you know, I would go from conducting a 90-piece orchestra on something like Armageddon or National Treasure, or Remember the Titans, to some something more eclectic like um, the Banger Sisters, which was more kind of dobro, uh, uh, guitars, a bit of piano. Um, so you, you really run the gamut from country music to heavy, uh, almost Mahlerish kind of classical music. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've always loved conducting and arranging, so uh, it's just it's just such a fantastic place to be if you want to explore all different styles. And uh, But it's, it's been great because I did 50 films, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'd say I'd forgotten about what it was like even being on the road. But obviously I was playing guitar a lot on my scores, so my chops I was keeping up, but um, for the most part, you know, I was dealing with orchestras. And after 50 movies, getting back to the road, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it, but when, uh, I certainly had. 
when you do a movie soundtrack, my question, uh, I guess, to, is the process. It, do they give you the plot? Do they give you the concept of the movie? Or do they shoot the movie and you see it without a soundtrack and then, then start to consider what you might do? How, do, how does that work? Well, one of the dirty words in film scoring now is something called a temporary score, where they utilize uh, music from other films uh, just to work with while they're putting the movie together um, after they've shot it, while, you know, once it goes into post-production. And, uh, I mean, sometimes it's a good thing because very often I've, um, I've been asked to do a movie because the temporary score has been my music. But... Um, you know, the only thing is that it starts becoming ingrained in the director's mind, so you're constantly battling against that. Um, but for the most part, I'd say to summarize it in the best way, you would, you'd be sent a script that the director was interested in using you, and uh, if you liked the script, you'd meet the director, and uh, if, if everything went well, they'd shoot the movie, and you'd get back to them once they've got a very rough cut. And you do what's called a spotting session where you get together and decide where music's going to go. And uh, what I did, um, uh, which I thought was, you know, something I, I don't know if other people do it this way, but I would go and write different themes to, I'd jot down, okay, this is the theme for this guy and that guy, the love connection, the, the chase connection, the, uh, the more brooding um, the stuff. Uh, all kinds of different emotional stuff, and then write those different pieces, and then try and kind of formulate a kind of underture, if you like, where you put it all together, and um, and then just let the director hear it. it. Does two things: they get familiar with the music, they forget about the temporary score, and then you've got music to work with, and then we start putting it very specifically to those places. So I, I don't know if that, you know, Th- that makes a lot of sense actually. But, uh, Talking about the show that we're going to see here in three weeks, um, I want to talk about, uh, I'm assuming that, that we're going to hear uh, some fragile, we're going to hear some close to the edge, and we're probably going to hear a whole lot of 90125. Is that a safe guess? That's a really safe guess. We, we also play um, uh, um, something I love playing from the old stuff, is the song Awake, and we've really reapproached it and do it in a very different way. And uh, I love doing that. We're also doing a, a, a stuff from uh, the last album I did with a band before I left in 93, I think, or 94, um, from an album, Talk. And, um, and then some songs from Big Generator. And, um, oh boy, I, I, I think I'm missing out some two or three different albums. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real collection of uh, you know, a, a large history of the band. Well, there's so much material like, uh, coming to mind. The Yes album, too. Of course, you know, I've seen all good people, and I'm thinking um, there's just so much great Yes stuff that you guys have uh, have access to. And then, of course, you know, into the into the latter part of Yes, uh, Big Generator is another album that I like very much. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, I, I love doing that. Uh... It was a difficult album to do, but that's never a bad thing at the end of the day if you're happy with it. But it, it took two years to do, uh, which was uh, just just meant there were some calluses on the fingers. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it, 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 it's really tough with this band because when we first uh, rehearsed the tour, we landed up realizing we had a, you know over three hours of music to play, and 
so we really had to be a bit uh, ruthless in you know butchering out quite a lot of stuff because uh, we you know the finesse part of it landed up with us having a three hour uh, show which was uh, way way too long and um, <laughs> we, we cut it down to, to um, just just north of two hours. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it, Trevor. Uh, this is going to be October 11th at Ruth Eckert Hall, and we certainly want to thank you for, for taking time to, uh, to catch up with us today on The Eagle, and you guys have safe travels, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Well, Nick, great talking to you, and look forward to the show. I hope everyone comes, and if they enjoy it as much as we do, they're going to have some fun. Will do. See you then. All right, man. Thank you. Bye-bye now.